Biden embarrasses himself unbelievably so in an ill-fated trip to Maui. Paying fact-checkers a lot of money. And the Chinese are invading America right now. Hmm. Got all that and more, lots more coming up tonight. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. It's a Tuesday, isn't it? Or is it Monday? I forget. No, it's Tuesday. <laughs> I lose track. I got to look at the calendar every day when I wake up on my phone and see what day it is. Anyway, welcome in. Welcome to the show. Glad you joined us. Thank you so much. We are in the live chat, so if you've got something to say or something you want to add to the show, just pop it in there. We'll, uh, we'll see it. We'll talk about it. There's a follow button right there. It's a little green button that says follow. If you haven't done that yet, please. I am 8 people away from 100. I know that's a tiny little minuscule number, but every little bit counts. You know what I say all the time, little bites? We're taking little bites. I just need eight more of you to hit that follow button, and I will have hit 100. And then on to the next goal of, what, 500? I don't know. Anyway, get us there, would you please? Hit the follow button. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It really does. It doesn't cost you anything. We don't spam your inbox, and it helps the show out a lot. We really appreciate that. All right. We got lots to talk about tonight, but before we do that, we want to tell you about one of our great sponsors. Just give me a little bit of time here to tell you about Blackout Coffee. They were founded on the principles of conservative values. The founders of Blackout Coffee believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, and traditional American values. All that's great, but it doesn't count or mean a thing if you don't make a good cup of coffee. This company, Blackout Coffee, makes the best coffee you will have ever tasted, I promise you. Just try one bag. You don't have to go in there and order 50 bags. You can if you like. Go ahead. But just try a bag. And when you get it and you try it, you will agree. This is the best damn coffee I ever had. I am a coffee addict. I drink coffee all day long. I've got a cup with me right here in my Jay Sheldon Show mug. And uh, it's amazing. They uh, source premium-grade coffee beans specialty coffees grown at the perfect altitude, correct time of year, the best soil, harvested at just the right time. They work with American co-ops and American farmers that grow this high-quality coffee, and they have a strict adherence to small-batch roasting. They roast the beans 24 to 48 hours uh, from the time you order, and then you get it shipped in a couple of days, so that means you get the beans just days after they've been roasted. That is fresh roasted coffee, my friends. And a combination of premium coffee beans, high-controlled roasting process, and immediate shipping gives you, their customers, an elite coffee experience. And right now, use the link in our show notes. It's the top link in the show notes for Blackout Coffee. And at checkout, use the promo code I gotcha. It's J20. J-A-Y-20. My first name, J-20. And that will get you 20% off your first order. So you might want to order more than one bag. You get a great deal. Uh, but anyway, like I said, just even just get one bag. Try it out. You will love it. Blackout Coffee. Not only are you supporting a company that makes an amazing cup of coffee, best you'll ever have, but you are supporting a company that promotes our traditional American values, family, hard work, honesty. This is an amazing company, folks. I am so proud to have them as a part of this show. And thank you, Blackout Coffee, for coming through for us. All right, 
It's happened. I'm sure you may have seen the uh, tape or the stories. If not, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it now and tell you exactly what a disgusting embarrassment Joe Biden made of himself. First of all, it took him 13 days from the time the tragedy began in Maui, Lahaina, to get there. And then when he did get there, he managed to completely screw it up. Not that anybody should be surprised. Joe Biden has compared the devastating Maui fires to a small kitchen fire he once had at his home. That's a freaking idiot. Took time out of his busy vacation schedule uh, yesterday to visit Maui, the Hawaiian island, of course, devastated by those wildfires. The fires tore through the town of Lahaina, Nearly a thousand residents, more than that now, they say, are still missing. Many of them, they believe, will likely be children. They were home alone at schools. The schools closed down for, because of power outages. Residents greeted the president with vitriol and anger. F.U. Joe Biden was heard throughout the island. The administration's response to the fires criticized for being lackluster at best and during a speech in which he was decked out with lays you know the Hawaiian flower wreaths he compared the fires of Maui which destroyed 2,200 homes displaced 5,000 people and as we said a death toll that continues to rise many of which are small children to a small kitchen fire he once had he said, quote, I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, of what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. A sunny Sunday and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a big, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire that came up underneath our home that hit the heating duct and air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. You uncaring, unempathetic, unsympathetic piece of absolute garbage. Those people in Lahaina lost a lot more than just their homes. They lost their children. They lost their families. God rest their souls. Some families were actually found huddled together, burned to death in cars as they tried to flee. A mother recounted finding her 14-year-old son burned to death in the remains of their home, clutching the dead family's dog. And you have the balls to tell some stupid effing story like that. It's going to take several weeks still. I have a lot of concerns, according to Governor Green, because of the temperature of the fire, that the remains of those who have lost their lives, in some cases, may be impossible to meaningfully recover.
like you needed more, but I got more. There is more. I It happened too late when it hit the news, but uh, there was a memorial ceremony at which Biden attended, during which, apparently from the video, he freaking fell asleep. He fell asleep. Remember the one where he checks his watch? He fell asleep during a memorial service for the victims of the Lahaina fires. And then look at this idiot. Let me go uh, full screen on this. Make sure the volume's up. Check your volume. Listen to what this freaking moron said. You guys catch the boots out here? That's a hot crown, man. That's a hot ground, man. What I think he's talking about is one of these rescue dogs had boots on because of the hot tarmac. It's just, he, he just doesn't get it. He just, dementia is fully taken over this guy. He just doesn't understand the concept. That's a hot ground, man. Whoever is handling this guy, you need to handle him better. Better yet, just freaking get rid of him. You might as well, the Republicans aren't going to do anything about it. And of course, now they're all on holiday, so they really aren't going to be doing anything about it. Hawaiians have reacted to Biden's responses to the fires. Man, it just makes my skin crawl. The westernmost city on the island of Maui, Lahaina, getting a sharp criticism from locals. They got to Ukraine quicker than they got to their own state. The first that any of you guys heard from President Biden was after the rest of the mainland knew that the fires were going on, that there was this chaos, this tumult, this tremendous loss of life. What do you say when the president of the United States says no comment and then goes bicycling? What he's not doing, actually, for, for the citizens of, of this country, for the citizens of Maui and Lahaina, it's completely disrespectful. And now he's going to be coming here tomorrow, and all of a sudden it's going to clog up the road. They're not going to let anybody through. It's going to slow everything down just so he can come in and take a look and and do nothing yet again. So it's ridiculous. It's nonsense. And f him. Let me just say straight to you, President Biden, I pray for your soul. Just repent from your posturing and your lack of integrity and your lack of compassion. Citizens from all over Hawaii express their anger dismay, exasperation at the complete lack of care that Biden shows and when he does show up he manages to say stupid embarrassing things the man is an idiot beyond that he just has no heart like the guy said repent he prays for your soul I'm kind of questioning if he even has one. 
There is a Hawaiian senator. I want to spend spend the whole show talking about this, but it's worth your time. You need to know what's going on, the inside stuff about what kind of bullshit's happening down there. Hawaiian senator claims town-destroying wildfires are a new normal for the whole planet. Quoting, he says, and I think this is the new normal for not just the state of Hawaii, but for the whole planet, for the whole country. That's him. As they continue to search, Hawaiian Senator Brian Schatz, a Democrat, said in an interview that catastrophic events like this are the new normal. No, they're not. They only are if you're going to make them that way. Quoting here, he says, I have to, we, I think we all have to understand severe weather events are going to get more frequent and more severe. Why? Because you plan them that way? I'm not playing this moron's cut. He then said, while Hawaii is a place that's expected volcanic, experienced volcanic eruptions and tsunamis, hurricanes, tropical storms, in addition to a few wildfires, well, of course, that's not true because they have wildfires nearly every year. There's been nothing that threatened a whole city. And I just think this is the new normal. Hmm. You see how they're setting you up? Just leak these little, some little nothing Hawaiian senator puts out the word so you'll get used to it. It's the new normal. You have to learn to accept it. These climate activists are going to get you killed. And that's exactly the story from the Washington Examiner. Climate activists are getting people killed. It's a heavy charge to blame a movement for a tragedy like the wildfires that killed at least 100 people more in Maui. But more inform- the more information we get about what started the fire and how it spread, it sure seems like climate activists and their Democratic Party minions are part of the reason, if not the reason, people died. The Wall Street Journal reports, Hawaiian Electric, listen to this, Hawaiian Electric knew for years the combination of unsecured power lines and invasive dry brush was causing a huge spike in wildfires. They have known this for years. Instead of investing resources in securing the power lines, clearing the brush, the company spent millions trying to meet Democratic Party-created renewable energy mandates instead. That's what they wasted the money on. The Wall Street Journal reports the risk, growing risk of wildfires in Maui had been known for years. The number of acres burned on the island soared to 39,000 in 2019 from 150 in 1999. The cause of the spike in fires, very well documented, roughly one quarter of the state 
is now covered by invasive grasses and shrubs, and those grasses are known when they dry out to be highly flammable. But instead of spending the money on protecting the power lines, controlled burning of the invasive grasses, no. Instead, they spent millions trying to meet the 2015 mandate created by the Democrats that would require 100% of the utility's electricity to come from renewable sources by 2046. So instead of taking care of what likely caused or at least hugely added to the devastation of these fires, they spent it on trying to meet these asinine mandates. So yes, the headline is correct. Climate change activists are literally getting people killed, including children. All these links to all these stories, there's more details, they're all in our show notes. Check them out if you want to read the whole article. Here we go to Australia fact checkers. Hey, Australia, what the hell is the matter with you people? No, seriously. What is the matter with you people? Why don't you stand up for your rights? Why don't you, well, I hate to coin a phrase, but you know, just say no. Take a look at this ridiculousness. Meta, you know, Facebook's company, Meta, they supposedly pay independent Australian fact-checkers, which Meta itself admits, well, uh, Mark Zuckerberg said, they're not fact-checkers, they're opinion-checkers. They pay them $800 per fact-check. I'm in the wrong business. I can be a fake fact-checker. $800, not per week, per month, per fact-check. This is insane. If you doubt fact-checking is an industry, (laughs) it is. There's a lawsuit filed by Australian-based reporter and commentator Avi Yamini revealing the amount of money changing hands between Facebook and their notorious idiotic fact-checkers. Purpose is supposed to be to weed out misinformation and who are supposed to be independent. You're not independent if when you do your fact-check it comes at the end of a fat-check. He, uh, Yemeni eventually had to withdraw his lawsuit in order to avoid costs he was unwilling or unable to pay. The legal process, while it was ongoing, produced some rather interesting findings, including the true nature of some fact-checkers' purported financial independence from big tech. And according to a uh, deal cited in the court documents, the figure went up to half a million dollars annually, and that's involving just one fact-checking operation. RMIT University's Fact Lab, based in Australia. It was confidential, but surfaced in this defamation suit. And Yemeni claimed the group subjected one of his reports to a false fact-check. But 
true or false, RMIT Lab was given 800 U.S. Uh, American, Aussie dollars per check, up to 40,000 per month, with the contract stipulating that RMIT would run up to 50 articles through its fact-checking machine each month. 800 Aussie dollars per fact-check. And the fact-checks are complete garbage. That's what you're getting for your 800 bucks. Why are you still on Facebook? You know, I just realized today, I maybe once a day I check my Facebook. That's just to clear out messages and notifications. I really, I don't live there. I live on Twitter and Rumble. That's, you know, that's not it. I visit a lot of websites, news sites, because I'm doing show prep. But um, most of my social media now is Twitter and Rumble. Follow me on Twitter, by the way, at It's J. Sheldon, I-T-S-J Sheldon. It's labeled as the J. Sheldon Show. You'll see me over there. Happy to have you along, and I follow back, by the way. Here's a scary one from the Daily Wire. North Korea is warning the U.S. and South Korea that military drills could trigger thermonuclear war. And you know the thing about the North Koreans is they crazy. They'll do it. They don't care. State media from North Korea warned the U.S. military officials yesterday that thermonuclear war could break out after denouncing the U.S. and South Korea's joint military drills, which they've done forever, test-firing strategic cruise missiles on the Korean peninsula. The militaries began their annual Ochi Freedom Shield computer simulation command post exercises, which Navy officials said is designed to ensure the alliance is ready to defend the Republic of Korea, promote security, stability in Northeast Asia. But North Korea has long viewed these drills as a potential war simulation. The KCNA News Agency says, quote, a thermonuclear war, the first ever in history, is more than likely on the Korean Peninsula. The warning just days after the U.S., South Korea, and Japan met at Camp David in Maryland last week to form their first standalone trilateral agreements dubbed the Camp David Principles as threats from China, North Korea increase and continue in the Pacific. I've told you before, watch China, all this Putin, Putin, Putin crap is a shiny red object. It's real. It's happening. Ukraine's going to lose big time, and consequently, we are going to lose big time. But, hey, have you seen Tucker Carlson's interview with that general? I think it was a general. Oh, you got to watch it. It's on Twitter. I should have put a post in our show notes. Check it out. It's easy to find. Tucker Carlson's latest interview. Of course, next week, President Trump. Woo-hoo. But anyway, this story, mm, I'm telling you, China is where you got to keep the eyeballs Stay frosty, folks. Keep your head on a swivel. It's a nightmare. It is an absolute nightmare. And speaking of nightmares, we're going to head over to the UK. I know, I, I cover mostly American stories because that's what the show's all about. 
But sometimes what is happening in other countries is just a precursor to what's going to slap us right in the ass when we're not looking. You know, the UK has put up these cameras all over the place, and Robin Hoods, for want of a better phrase, have been chopping them down as quickly as they put them up. Thank you. Keep it up. Good job. Well, it's getting worse, because now, with their AI cameras, they don't just have to see the front, back, and sides of your car. They're looking inside your car. Not kidding. AI cameras in the UK have started surveilling inside vehicles. Big Brother, folks. In a move that uh, veers into Big Brother territory, a newly implemented AI camera system tagged as pioneering technology by proponents has already caught 300 drivers neglecting their seat belts, using their phones while driving in just three days. This technology, installed along one of Devon and Cornwall's busiest road, has sparked concerns over free speech, potential overreach of surveillance. It's overreach already before you started this crap. The Department of Transportation's road casualty report, 24% of fatalities were passengers not wearing a seatbelt. Look, I got no qualms about that. You wear a seatbelt when you're in the car and it's moving. No questions asked. I don't move unless my seatbelt is buckled, and so should you. Between June 2021 and 2022, almost 30,000 people were killed or grievously injured on British roads. But take a look at that. There is some of their AI camera work snooping inside cars. Somebody playing on their phone. This person looks like they obviously have their seatbelt on. That one does not. The inferred solution, a high-tech AI camera, scrutinizes the comings and goings of daily road users in what has become a rather controversial precursor to road safety. Look at the quality. I don't know if it's coming through on your screen, but that is a hugely high-def, detailed photograph. Unbelievable. Look at this. Bear in mind, every image captured by the AI lens is examined by humans before being used for charges to be pressed. But this pioneering technology plunges a bit deep into your privacy in the name of safety when you think that there you go. They're watching you and they're going to keep on watching you and it's going to keep on getting worse and worse and worse unless you do something about it. And what do you do about it? You contact the people that represent you in the government and you tell them you're not putting up with this crap anymore. Knock it off. Don't support it. Fight against it. I should have connected this to the other China story. But I didn't. So, anyway... <laughs> In the meantime, I do have to tell you about one more of our sponsors, and that's NordVPN. Folks, do not be online these days without a VPN. It's just not worth it. NordVPN 
is one of the is in fact it likely is the best today's digital age your privacy is more important than ever nordvpn is the perfect solution for protecting your internet activity you can browse the web securely privately you don't have to worry about people stealing your information hackers snoopers even your own internet service provider your isp they take your information sell it to marketers they monitor your online behavior. Nord has military-grade encryption technology, and that ensures your data stays safe and stays confidential, which is exactly what you want, isn't it? Not only do they protect your privacy at NordVPN, they also unlock a world of online content. 5,000 servers, more than any other service in 59 countries and growing every week. You can access your favorite websites, streaming services from anywhere in the world. And with NordVPN, user-friendly interface. And if you're like me, you're not hugely tech-savvy. You can't be bothered figuring all that crap out. You don't have to. You put the app on, you click one button, you're connected, and you're covered, and you're protected. It's just that easy. Plus, with a single NordVPN account, you can cover up to six devices. You, your wife, husband, partner, whatever. Yeah, six different devices with a single NordVPN account. And with our special link, which you'll find down there in the show notes, you will get up to 65% off NordVPN. It's a huge deal. And three extra months for free. Why risk your online security, your freedom? Choose NordVPN. Enjoy the internet without limitations and without people peeking over your shoulder watching what you're doing. Sign up today. Take advantage of our limited time offer, unlimited, ultimate online protection that is Nord VPN. The link is down there in our show notes. Please do check it out and do not surf the web without a VPN. It's just that important. All right, China, China, China. Yep. Got another one for you. The border is open, as you know, in the South. Well, you talk about people coming in from Central and South America. Yes, a lot of them. But what people aren't talking much about is the national security risk of 800% surge in illegal Chinese migrants crossing the southern border. Experts warning of a possible covert Chinese Communist Party invasion, which is happening because we're just waving them in via the Biden's border F-up. There's been reportedly an 800% uptick in illegal Chinese migrants seeking to enter the U.S., this is from the uh, from pjmedia.com. Links in our show notes. 17,678 illegal migrant, migrant encounters of Chinese nationals. Wow. The memo asserted the loosened COVID protocols in China have allowed Chinese nationals to flee repressive rule in China and begin their journey to the U.S. seeking better living conditions. Now, they're not just flying from Beijing to L.A. and saying, let me in. Apparently, they're, what, flying into Mexico and trying to walk across, which they, of course, can because the borders are wide freaking open. According to the CBP, 
Custodial interviews indicate that Chinese citizens are requesting asylum, claiming religious persecution by the Chinese government because of their Christian faith. Additionally, Chinese nationals reportedly make their own smuggling arrangements for most of the journey, only utilizing elements of the uh, smuggling network to actually do the kind of final mile, the last mile leg of the journey. Now, if they really were fleeing religious persecution, understandable, we would want to help them. Although they still shouldn't be allowed to cross the border illegally, of course. The Biden administration certainly hasn't cared about helping Chinese Christian refugees. But there is a real risk, a real risk, that some, or maybe even many, of these migrants are actually CCP plants. I saw video footage of a guy who took his handphone and went down a whole row of people waiting to come in. And they were all Chinese. And most of them, honestly, were kind of military-age Chinese males. So, take from that what you will. We're being invaded. And they're just letting them in. <laughs> Insane. Insane. Insane in the membrane. Hey, you like rock and roll? You like rock music? I do. I'm not the biggest fan. I think if I have... You know what? I like all music. The only music I don't like are Lithuanian language records. Besides that, okay, I don't like rap. I'm sorry. I got some big fans out there of rap. I know. But rap has just never been a thing for me. I just don't get it. I'm sure there's some talented rappers out there do wonderful stuff. And if you love it, you love it. I just don't. It's the only music, I put that in air quotes, that I just I have no use for. Anyway, the left, which has managed to ruin mm, just about everything, now has put their focus on classic rock. Yeah. You know these guys, of course, one of the all-time great rock bands, Queen, Freddie Mercury and the gang. Rock music has always been, forever, about tweaking the establishment. From the early days, rock musicians specialized in sticking it to the man. Well, now, they are the man. All well and good when the man is a button-down square with traditional values, but then the whole woke becomes the establishment. And you kids better turn off that music. We already saw the left go after authors, films, TV shows, but that's not all. Now the woke scolds are going after classic rock music. Thank God the country music scene is alive and well with all those great new tunes, John Rich and the gang. Well, it all started when Universal Records added Queen's Greatest Hits album to the library for Yoto. That's a new entertainment platform named a Young Audience. So they put Queen's Greatest Hits album on in the library. Queen's Greatest Hits, now available, screams Yoto website. It's actually not true. Because one of Queen's biggest smash hits is missing. Universal left Fat Bottom Girls off the Greatest Hits album 
on the Yoto platform. Fat Bottom Girls, which is an ode to the women of the title, it has been a staple of classic rock radio for decades. Unmistakably queen, and a lot of fun to harmonize with, too, I might add. But the Daily Mail described Fat Bottom Girls as a humorous, hard-rocking tribute to a young man's appreciation for <clears throat> fuller-figured ladies. It hit number 11 on the British charts, number 24 on the Billboard Hot 100, and went double platinum stateside. But that's too much for the woke crowd. Brian May wrote the song specifically for lead singer Freddie Mercury. He said in 2008, I wrote it with Freddie in mind, as you do, especially if you've got a great singer who likes fat bottom girls or boys. Anyway, these idiots, thanks to the woke crowd, put the whole album up there except Fat Bottom Girls. So if you are a subscriber to the new Yoto platform, I might suggest you unsubscribe. Find yourself a platform that doesn't censor music. All right, I got one more, and then we're going to get on with our book. This is the coolest story. It's kind of just words on a page, but it's the weirdest thing. I'll show you the picture in a minute. Listen to this. In 1931, two psychologists, Winthrop and Luella Kellogg, began an experiment to see if a chimpanzee could learn human behavior by raising it with their own baby. The idea was to see if the chimp named Gua would learn to mostly walk upright speak, engage in other human-like activities. So from a very young age, they put the chimp and the baby together and raised them together, treating both the same. For the first, this is fascinating, for the first few months, the experiment was going well. Gua learned to mimic some of the actions of Kellogg's son, David, but after nine months, the Kelloggs were forced to cancel the experiment. Was it putting the baby in danger? No. Check this out. It turns out the reason Donald was beginning to behave like an ape himself, the baby, was adopting the chimp's actions not the other way around. Mimicking Gua's behavior, even attempting to communicate by using grunts and other animal sounds. So they had to cancel the experiment. How weird is that? This is actually pictures of the two of them growing up together. But they canceled the, experience, uh, the experiment because the baby was adopting the chimps, mannerisms and sounds and speech. That is, that is so freaky. How weird is that? Wow. We always like to end with something a little odd, and that's odd. 
All right, we're gonna move on over to our book. Please don't forget, please, we're getting towards 100. I'm just like eight people away. Hit that follow button right there if you haven't yet. Just bang on that button and thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. It costs you nothing, free for you. We don't spam your inbox and it's a great way to get reminded when we go live too. And also it does really help the show. I really appreciate that. Thank you for all those of you who've done it. We gotta get over that 100 mark and then on to 500. All right, we read books on this show. We've done it forever. We mostly did children's classical literature. We did 1984 from George Orwell, liked it so much. We're continuing on that Orwell theme. And we've been reading Animal Farm. Love this book. So, we're going to continue on now. I believe we're in the middle of chapter three. The meeting always ended with the singing of the Beasts of England. The afternoon was given up. To recreation. The pigs had set aside the harness room as a headquarters for themselves. Here in the evenings they studied blacksmithing, carpentry, and other necessary arts from books which they'd brought out of the farmhouse. Snowball also busied himself with organizing the other animals into what he called animal committees. He was indefatigable at this. He formed the egg production committees, for the hens, the Clean Tails League for the cows, the Wild Comrades Re-Education Committee. The object of this was to tame the rats and the rabbits, the Winter Wool Movement for the sheep, and various others, besides instituting classes in reading and writing. On the whole, these projects were a failure. The attempt to tame the wild creatures for instance, broke down almost immediately. They continued to behave very much as before. And when they treated with generosity, they simply took advantage of it. The cat joined the re-education committee and was very active in it for some days. She was seen only one day sitting on a roof, talking to some sparrows who were just out of her reach. She was telling them that all animals were now comrades, and any sparrow who chose could come and perch on her paw. But the sparrows kept their distance. The reading and writing classes, however, were a great success. By the autumn, almost every animal on the farm was literate in some degree. As for the pigs, they could already read and write perfectly. The dogs learned to read fairly well, and they weren't really interested in reading anything except the Seven Commandments. Muriel the goat could read somewhat better than the dogs, and sometimes used to read to others in the evening from scraps of newspaper which she found on the rubbish heap. Benjamin could read as well as any pig, but never exercised his faculty. So far as he knew, he said, there was nothing worth reading. Clover learnt the whole alphabet, but couldn't put words together. Boxer couldn't get beyond the letter D. He'd trace out A, B, C, D in the dust with his great hoof, and then would stand staring at the letters with his ears back, sometimes shaking his forelock, trying with all his might to remember what came next and never succeeding. On several occasions, indeed, he did learn E-F-G-H, but by the time he knew them, 
it was always discovered he'd forgotten ABCD. Finally, he decided to be content with the first four letters. He used to write them out once or twice every day to refresh his memory. Molly refused to learn any but the six letters which spelt her own name. She'd form these very neatly out of pieces of twig, then decorate them with a flower or two and walk around them, admiring them. None of the other animals on the farm could get any further than the letter A. It was also found the stupider animals, like the sheep, hens, ducks, were unable to learn the Seven Commandments by heart. After much thought, Snowball declared that the Seven Commandments could be, in effect, be reduced to a single maxim, namely, four legs good, two legs bad. This, he said, contained the essential elements of animalism. Whoever had thoroughly grasped it, it would be safe from human influences. The birds at first objected, since it seemed to them they also had two legs, but Snowball proved to them that this was not so. A bird's wing, comrades, he said, is an organ of propulsion, not of manipulation. It should therefore be regarded as a leg. The distinguishing mark of man is the hand, the instrument with which he does all his mischief. Well, the birds didn't understand Snowball's long words, but they accepted his explanation, and all the humbler animals set to work to learn the new maxim by heart. Four legs good, two legs bad, was inscribed on the end wall of the barn, above the Seven Commandments and in bigger letters. When they had once got it by heart, the sheep developed a great liking for this maxim, and often as they lay in the field, they would all start bleeding. Four legs good, two legs bad, four legs good, two legs bad, and kept it up for hours on end never growing tired of it. Well, Napoleon showed no interest in Snowball's committees. He said the education of the young was more important than anything that could be done for those who were already grown up. It happened that Jessie and Bluebell had both whelped soon after the hay harvest, giving birth between them to nine sturdy puppies. As soon as they were weaned, Napoleon took them away from their mothers, saying he would make himself responsible for their education. He took them up into a loft which could only be reached by a ladder from the harness room, and there he kept them in seclusion that the rest of the farm soon forgot their existence. The story of where the milk went was too to be soon cleared up. It was mixed every day into the pig's mash. The early apples were now ripening, grass of the orchid orchard was littered with windfalls. The animals had assumed, as a matter of course, that these would be shared out equally. One day, however, the order went forth that all the windfalls were to be collected and brought to the harness room for the use of the pigs. At this some of the other animals murmured, but it was no use. All the pigs were in full agreement at this point. 
even Snowball and Napoleon. Squealer was sent to make the necessary explanations to the others. Comrades, he cried, you do not imagine, I hope, that we pigs are doing this in a spirit of selfishness and privilege. Many of us actually dislike milk and apples. I dislike them myself. Our sole object in taking these is to preserve our health. Milk and apples, this has been proven by science, comrades, contain substances absolutely necessary for the well-being of the pig. We pigs are brain workers. The whole management and organization of this farm depend on us. Day and night we are watching over your welfare. It is for your sake that we drink that milk and eat those apples. Do you know what would happen if the pigs failed in our duty? Jones would come back. Oh, yes, Jones would come back surely, comrades, cried Squealer almost pleadingly, skipping from side to side, whisking his tail. Surely there is no one among you who wants to see Jones come back. Now, if there was one thing the animals were completely certain of, it was that they did not want Jones back. When it was put to them in this light, they had no more to say. The importance of keeping the pigs in good health was all too obvious. So it was agreed, without further argument, that the milk and the windfall apples and also the main crop of apples when they ripened, should be reserved for the pigs alone. And that's chapter three. See where it's going. We will continue with chapter four on tomorrow night's show of George Orwell's Animal Farm. What a book. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you so much. Again, just a quick reminder, hit that follow button over there, and it really helps the show out a lot. We appreciate that. We're going we're gonna to hit that 100. I know we're going to hit it. We'll move on to two or three or four or five. We'll see what we get. I will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for watching.